pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. All of us have experienced the power of music. It can lift our spirits, transform us physically and emotionally, as well as restore and sustain harmony in the body and soul. Music has been used since the ancient times to influence health and help us deal with pain and distress. In fact, music can reduce pain during surgery and have a positive effect on chronic pain or terminal illness. For 30 years, Andy Cooper has battled chronic spinal pain. She's found an ally, though, in the form of music. Andy talks candidly about the transformative effects of music on her life. We're then joined by Lisa Gallagher, board-certified music therapist at the Cleveland Clinic Arts and Medicine Institute, who shares some remarkable discoveries about the pain-reducing effects of music. Right now and throughout the show, you'll hear the healing sounds of instrumental music by Tim Janis, whose music is played in operating rooms, delivery rooms, nursing homes, and palliative care settings across the country. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endopharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. For 30 years, Andy Cooper has battled chronic spinal pain. She's an accomplished folk singer and songwriter who uses music as a self-management tool to alleviate her pain and promote well-being. Andy, welcome to Aches and Gains. Hi. Describe the pain you have and how intense it is. The easiest way to describe it is that my spine is messed up. Since my early 20s, I'm in my mid-50s now. Spinal deterioration, and it affects my spinal cord. So that causes nerve pain and muscle pain in my back and my neck and my arms. It can go from a mild ache to becoming just totally incapacitating at times. I had cancer and from my cancer treatment, um, as a result, a long time cancer treatment, I have nerve pain that goes down one of my arms that can be very hot and burning. I'm sorry to hear that. Andy, what do you do to help ease your pain? There are several things. One is I try to relax. Uh, I try deep breathing. Um, At times, I use uh, medication um, if nothing else works. And other times, um, I try various means of distraction. How do you use music to help soothe your pain? I have loved music and loved singing since I was a little girl. Uh, As I grew older and went to college here in Baltimore, um, I started 
singing uh, more seriously and started performing a little bit. I noticed that when I sing, I forget about the pain. just takes it away. Does the type of music matter? I have to be invested in it emotionally. For me, it's something that's challenging to sing, but also so beautiful in its harmonies or perhaps its lyrics that take me to another place. And I can, I can actually feel that physically. Is the effect more powerful if you perform music or if you listen to music? I think it's probably about the same because for me, I love to sing with other people. So if I'm in a room with 25, 30, 40, 100 people that are all singing beautiful harmonies and getting into the rhythm and, and, you know, improvising and just having a great time, I'm not only performing or singing or leading the song, but I'm also listening at the same time. So I get both benefits. You mentioned earlier that you have neuropathic or nerve pain. Is that neuropathic pain better relieved when you sing? I would say yes, because I am actively physically involved. Unless you're listening to a symphony or something like that, you know, that, that calms you down or is so beautiful that it moves you to the point where you... Uh, can ignore your pain. Do you feel that music is a distraction or an actual release? It can be both. More passively, I think it's it's more of a distraction. When I am singing either by myself or with other people, and especially with other people, it is truly a release. I mean, I, I think that I, mean, I can't measure my endorphin levels, but I'm sure that there is some of that going on. Andy, how long after you stop listening to music or making music does the pain-reducing effect last? I would say a good 20 minutes to a half an hour, depending on how long I'm listening to the music or singing along, because it, it changes my mood. I love to sing harmony. So while I'm thinking, you know, thinking internally about where can I go with my harmony, say if I'm, I'm listening to something on, uh, from a CD, um, it's engaging my mind and it's engaging my body. It just helps in, in a multi-level kind of way. You're really describing the multidimensional analgesic effects of music. Do you ever reach a state of euphoria? There are times when I feel like a can or bottle my feelings after I've sung something with other people or, you know, accomplished a wonderful harmony, if I could bottle that and take that out later, boy, would that be great. That would be great. When we come back, we'll talk to Andy about whether music provides the same degree of pain relief as taking a pain medicine. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Mama, won't you sing me a sweet lullaby? The night is so still and serene. Tell me This is Andy Cooper performing a song that she composed called Irene. Andy, tell us, 
Do you feel that the effects of music are as powerful in reducing your pain as taking a pain medicine? I would have to say not all the time. I mean, there are times when I am in severe pain and you know, nothing's going to touch it. But most of the time, I would say that, yes, I, I could not have to take the pain medication if I am in that zone. When you can get into that musical zone, what pain medicines can music actually replace? I take opioids when I need them. If I am performing or leading a group, I don't necessarily want to take any pain medicine right then because I want to be clear-headed. While I'm engaged in that activity, I really do forget about the pain. You know, it's amazing that when you're performing, the music can replace the need for opioids. I wonder whether you could actually perform a piece of music or listen to music three or four times a day when the pain escalates instead of using a medicine that lasts three or four hours. I think there's a possibility of that, especially with lower levels of pain. And if one was also more active, you know, while listening to the music, if they were maybe swaying to the music or somehow bodily responding to it, I think that would even help more. It takes a while to get invested in it emotionally. So, you know, that's a couple minutes right there. And then, you know, it takes a while to get kind of get into that zone, as I spoke about before, of... Uh, being being in that space where you are just taken away by the music and you're not thinking about your pain. So, yeah, maybe a little bit longer uh, for me is better. Do you feel that music is even more of a powerful analgesic when you're with others singing? Yes, I do. Um, and in fact, there are people who I, I go to this camp with who have uh, also have chronic pain syndromes. Um, some of which I think you've covered on your show, and they say the same thing. You know, they um, they try to stay active in either a singing group or you know some kind of a group that comes together once a month and and has a, has a thing in the living room or whatever. And they they report the same thing that they forget about their physical discomfort while they're actively singing. You know, some have observed that wind instruments that produce continuous sound or air generally have a more beneficial effect on patients or on pain. Have you found that? I personally haven't because, well, first of all, I don't play a wind instrument. I play the guitar. Um, I would say, however, that there have been times in my life, for example, when I was delivering both of my children, that I did listen to, you know, beautiful flute music. And, and that really did help not only calm me down, but help with the pain, you know, the pain as well. Yes. If someone wants to use music as an analgesic, what should they do? Go to the library and go to the CD section. You know, look through all the different categories of music. Try some classical music, jazz show tunes, whatever it is that you find is the thing for you. And listen to it. Um, sing along with it. You know, it, just, just let yourself go. It doesn't matter. Nobody's listening to you. Mm-hmm. That's something more people should try. And Andy, finally, what should all of those listening know about the healing effects of music on pain? There's no doubt in my mind that in tense situations when one is in pain, that music can lift you up and out and calm you down and and reduce your pain level. Andy, thank you very much for highlighting the pain-relieving effects of music on Aches and Gains. You're very welcome. Up next is Lisa Gallagher, music therapist at the Cleveland Clinic. And here's Andy Cooper performing one of her songs, Irene. Irene was my mama. 
She passed on when my mom was half grown But when I hear those old songs I can feel in my heart The grandma that I've never known Aches and Gains is supported by Pentec Health one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies, dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Welcome back. Working at the Cleveland Clinic, Arts and Medicine Institute, Lisa Gallagher is a board-certified music therapist. She's developed a music intervention program specifically designed for hospitalized patients and has published articles on the effectiveness of music therapy. Lisa, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you very much for having me. You know, the idea that music can help patients deal with pain and distress isn't a new one, is it? No. I mean, it it could go all the way back to David playing his harp for King Saul to help him relax um, during the Old Testament times. More recently, music therapy um, started in psychiatric hospitals in the 1930s and in World War II as the veterans came back. Tell us about one of your more recent studies that quantifies the effects of music on patients suffering from not only pain but, but other conditions. One of our recent studies that we published looked at 200 patients who had advanced cancer or some type of advanced disease, and we had them rate their pain, also their anxiety, depression, shortness of breath, mood, prior to a music therapy session. We then engaged them for about 25 minutes in live music therapy, and then we had them rate their symptoms again after. And for the majority of patients, it improved. And we actually got statistically significant results that all five of those parameters improved by using music. Tell us more about the type of pain they had. Some had acute pain um, from some procedures that they might have had. Others were dealing with chronic pain or pain from wounds or cellulitis. So it was a wide variety of pains that we were dealing with. Most of the patients had cancer pain. As a musician myself, I feel that it uh, that his music transcends language and evokes all sorts of emotions. What does it evoke in patients with pain? It helps them go to a different place where there isn't pain. If you take the focus to the music, it kind of shuts the gate in the brain that you know, is letting pain go to the brain. Um, so some patients, you know, when they're listening to the music, they forget all about their pain. Exactly. In fact, music is thought to act as a distractor. That is, it attention is directed away from negative stimuli to things that are pleasant and encouraging and, and really fills the mind with something familiar and soothing, allowing us to escape into our own world. Exactly. That's exactly it. In fact, I was with a patient earlier this week And he listened to the music and then said while he was listening, he was imagining being in Charleston, South Carolina and and seeing the flowers and the houses. So it immediately took him to a place that was very calm and relaxing to him. And he said the music helped take away the pain for a little while. That's fantastic. Can music therapy help lengthen someone's life? There was one study done by Russell Hilliard Um, using music therapy in nursing homes with patients. And I believe it may have helped lengthen life a little bit, but more 
the focus is not on length of life, but quality of life. In your experience, does music reduce the need for pain medicines or nerve blocks? There is an example I have of a patient who was very anxious and she had a a pain pump that she could push. Well, she actually became toxic because she took it too much and was admitted to the hospital and the physicians couldn't get her pain under control, so they asked for music therapy. We were able to go in, work with her, come up with basically a prescription for music therapy, how to use the music, we taught her relaxation techniques to go along with it, and she never again became toxic. And she never again was readmitted for any issues because she learned she could use the music to help control the pain and anxiety. Yeah, that's impressive. It sounds like she was using an intravenous pain pump. Yeah. And Lisa, what kind of pain did she have? Uh, She had chronic cancer pain. You know, that's a great example of the powerful analgesic effects of music. And, And here's another instrumental work by Tim Janis. When we come back, we'll talk to Lisa about how her mother benefited from Tim's music at the end of life. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Welcome back to the show on how music can reduce pain. We're talking to Lisa Gallagher, music therapist. And Lisa, talk to us about what you find particularly appealing about Tim Janis's work. His music has a very calming effect. Um, it helps individuals relax. And again, it just helps transcend whatever is going on. Um, I can tell you a personal experience. My mother just died in February, and she loved having the Tim Janis music play at night because night was a very difficult time for her. She was afraid, she was anxious, Um, her pain increased because of that but when we played Tim's music it really helped calm her down and she was able to sleep that's wonderful to hear was she able to take fewer pain medicines as well yes because I did not have to give her as many extra pain medications or anxiety medications throughout the night when she was actually listening to the music the night she didn't have the music she asked for more medication. I'm really glad to hear that your mother was comfortable at the end of her life. I'm aware that you've studied cancer pain patients, patients with multiple sclerosis, advanced cardiac disease, COPD, and sickle cell disease. And I'm wondering how much pain relief uh, did those patients report in your studies? Uh, it's hard to say. Overall, with the patients, there was over 90% that stated it was better. Wow, that's great. Do you use live music or recorded music in your work? I generally use live music because to me, it's the patient, the music, and the relationship are what makes music therapy work. And then when we use the live music, I can control it. If a patient is very anxious and their breathing is very fast, I might start playing the song that they choose at the tempo at which they're breathing. 
and then I will gradually start slowing down the music, the tempo I'm playing, and their be breathing begins to entrain to that, and it slows down. So they might have started very anxious and breathing very quickly, and by the end of the music, they will have relaxed and they're breathing more calmly. I usually play a keyboard, but some of my colleagues play guitar. Um, I have some one colleague that even plays the auto harp. Does the type of music matter? Yes. Research has shown, and our experiences have also backed this up, that a patient's preferred music is what will be most effective for that person. In one room, we might be playing gospel music, and the next we might be doing country, and in the next we might be doing rap or heavy metal. How about the tempo and the duration of music and their impact on pain relief? We generally try to do the tempo at which the patient is experiencing. Um, so if they're feeling really upbeat, we might play something upbeat to start with, um, or we might play something to kind of match them, their mood, and then take them to a more relaxed mood or um, a calmer mood. So, for example, if they're really anxious, we might start with something that's kind of fast and matches that, and then gradually through the music take them down to something um, calmer at a slower tempo. To me, the duration really doesn't matter. It's whatever's working for that patient in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like everyone to realize that we do have evidence that music therapy can have a beneficial effect in reducing patient anxiety and pain during surgery, as well as reduce the use of sedatives and analgesics. Exactly. Um, I have a physician friend that does surgery at the Cleveland Clinic in Florida, and he is actually working with using the surgical headphones during surgery. Lisa, what's your best example of the euphoric effects of music therapy? There was a woman I had worked with several times. This one particular day was just coming back from her radiation treatment. She went a gospel. She rated their pain as an 8 out of 10. It's a pretty extreme pain. We sang together for about 20, 25 minutes, and by the end, she was just glowing. She said she felt so much better. I asked her to rate her pain again, and she looked at me and said, well, what pain? It's gone. It's a zero. I made a statement that, wow, the music with your pain medications really worked for you today. And she got another funny look on her face, and she said, no, my pain medications are still sitting there. I never took them. I was so excited that you were here. That's remarkable. Finally, what should we all remember about music therapy for pain? People can get a lot of pain relief. That research has been done that has shown that, that other patients that are experiencing the same types of pain they are have found it to be beneficial. It can be used in conjunction with any other type of pain management that the person is experiencing, and that the music can help transcend the pain. Um, we've also published a study on music therapy with patients with multiple sclerosis, showing that it helped improve their gait, not just the overall gait and keeping it straighter and more consistent, but the cadence improved. So they were able to walk stronger, more steadily and faster. Lisa, thank you very much for being here today on Aches and Games. Thank you so much for having me.
Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulcristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulcristomd.com. That's paulcristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.